Renegade Broadcasting. Hard-hitting talk radio. Welcome to the show here tonight. This will be an episode of The Heathen Hunt. Because Charlie was not able to make the show tonight, and I was able to get Heathen Vegan to hop on here and do an impromptu show with me. Kyle Hunt, the host of The Solar Storm. Sometimes when I take wild cards, we call it The Wild Hunt, and we've got Heathen Vegan of the Heathen Hoff every Friday night, so he's doing a show tomorrow night, but he has been kind enough to help us out here and to do a show, which I'm very happy about, especially because we missed our Monday show, as both Richard and myself have been dealing with some technical issues, but uh, we seem to be back up, at least for now, crossing my fingers, knocking on wood, and also Richard seems to have addressed some of the issues, so everything should be back to normal coming up here heathen vegan thanks so much for jumping on the show here with me tonight no no it's a pleasure well we have going through okay yeah yeah you're sounding just fine how am i sounding to you you're sounding great good so we had we had next to no time to really prepare anything but we did shoot a few emails back and forth and there's a lot going on in the world today. I don't know if necessarily current events is the way to go. Just talk talking about the political circus because that really is what it is. Um, that's some of my the the least favorite to- uh, topics to cover. Anything related to Donald Trump and um and Vladimir Putin. It's just like banging my head against the wall because how many times do we need to? spell it out for people and they still can't get it. I know that there are be- people being paid a lot of money to get the average person out there who is looking into this material or to get e- especially the activist who's looking into this material to think that they have a great white hope that there is a savior who is working behind the scenes with other white hats to clean up the shop, drain the swamp and everything will be all right. Just sit back and, w- and watch. What's that the old Q saying they've got? Trust the plan. Just trust the plan. And that's not what we're doing what here. What is the plan? Have they, they outlined the plan at Q? Oh, very, very vaguely. And it involves 
some of these white hat operators from the intelligence and military taking out all of these these traitors to the country who just happen to be on the Democrat side for the most part. And it could, hey, it, as Alex Jones has pointed out, it could involve martial law, Rex 84 here in the United States. Hey, it could involve uh, a war with Europe. Too, you know, hey, the EU has it has got to go. Trump's tough talk in the EU, laying the smackdown on NATO, saying they need to spend more. You can't just have the U.S. spending all this money. It's a it's a whole bunch of nonsense that they're they're trying to get us to go on board with. Getting all these apparent truthers absolutely giddy at the fact that Trump and Putin met together. So the world's number one. And number two, military, which are, I mean, completely Zog run. This is Chabad Mafia. The two biggest militaries in the world are coming together with plans to rule the world where both of these guys, in many instances, are subservient to this little tiny Jewish state, this Jewish nation state, as they recently declared themselves, in Israel. But we're supposed to not realize that this bromance between Putin and Trump is actually a menage a trois and it involves Bibi Netanyahu. And it it's just so absurd that people are celebrating that, that this is all taking place, that Putin and Trump, they really think that these guys are sticking it to Bibi, that they're sticking it to Israel, that they're sticking it to world Jewry. Oh, because look at how upset the Jewish media is, or at least most of the Jewish media, the left, loony lefty Jewish media, that is proof positive that what they are doing is actually good for us. And when I say us, I mean us, white nationalists or ethnic Europeans, you know, however you want, Aryans. Oh, yeah, these guys are actually the great white hope. And they have stood up tough to these, these anti-whites who are trying to destroy our civilization. Yeah, nothing's been done. I, mean, I got a couple of points there. I mean, the QAnon stuff, I, I mentioned it in the chat when you were talking with your guest the other week uh, but um, about uh, Benjamin Fulford. I don't know if many people remember him. He's got, apparently, he's still around. But at least it's one step up from that because I think didn't his uh, overtake include uh, the Yakuza in Japan. Yeah. Uh, we're going to take out the Rothschilds. Well, and the White Dragons, maybe they were part of that, <laughs> or the, I don't know what color dragons, but there were some dragon ninjas involved. We've got, hey, we've got a, uh, a Grand Wizard, former Grand Wizard, Grand Dragon, over here in the United States, David Duke, who's working on our behalf, and he says that Trump is, uh, is our guy. So you got to trust this wizard over here. He has magical powers, magical foresight. <laughs> And, yep, David Duke sees it. Why can't – he has a doctor in front of his name, just like Dr. Kevin McDonald. I've actually had this appeal to authority used before to try to – tell me why I'm an idiot for not trusting in Trump, trusting the plan. Well, look at yeah, look at these intellectuals. They, they, they don't see anything wrong yeah. with what's going on. How can you? Yeah, I mean it, it kind of cracks me up with the David Duke, kind of like uh, the way they – kind of on Twitter and things kind of appeal to the reason of these leaders. They go, oh, Donald Trump, man, you're doing the wrong thing. Uh, um, you know what I mean? Like, as if they're going to listen to them, A, B, as if they don't know the game. I mean, come on. David Duke's been around a long time, right? He, 
from his early videos, he knows the score. And so he's now saying that he believes Trump. I mean, is he still going with that? I mean, is he, is he still pushing this? Oh yeah. I see like, I see like these appeals to reason, but I mean, they're just, they're, they're futile and he knows it, which is my problem. He knows this. There's no way he doesn't know this. So you can only believe he's either brought or he thinks there's going to be some kind of political advantage for himself by clinging to the take uh, the, the taco of like one of the worst presidents in American history. Yeah. Well, it's a pretty sorry state of affairs in our countries, but Hey, because yeah. people like Trump and Putin are kind of giving these underhanded remarks to Theresa May, you know, over there in, Cucked Britain, unlike Russia, which is just, oh, so strong and masculine and white. <laughs> uh, it, it, over there, you've got Theresa May. So because Trump and Putin and some others, you know, they've got this little rivalry going on with the female leaders like Theresa May and, and Angela Merkel. I mean, all of these countries on both sides are completely, they're Zog. It's Jewish controlled. And... But somehow this is supposed to mean that, you know, they're they're on our side. They are actually fighting for the white man. But nothing is actually looking on the up and up for the white man in any of these countries, regardless of whether no. they're a so-called white supremacist evil dictator, you know, ever, however that loony lefty wants to frame it. No, things are not looking good for us, and it's only gotten worse. Uh, there have been some bones thrown to the patriot community here in the United States. I don't know if you caught this, but Trump pardoned the Hammonds, or and I think maybe the, some of the Bundys too. You know, with the whole thing that was going on over that yeah. there, the the Hammond Ranch, and then the Malheur Wildlife Refugee. Th- so, oh yeah, these patriots are just absolutely loving it. They didn't really say anything when Shalom Rubashkin's sentence was commuted, but this is—it's a real big problem, and it's one—it's one that's going to continue to get worse. Where you've got. All of these white people siding with their government and thinking that go- these governments that we have are the answer. That that we can actually trust these governments to do the right thing. And I mean, it's a big problem. And uh, the proof, like you said there, is in, is in the pudding, right? There's nothing happening. Um, it's, it's, and the same for the left, you know. The left is exactly the same. They, they hail a saviour. So at the moment in England, it's Corbyn's going to do this, Corbyn's going to do that. When he gets in, he'd, if he gets in, he'd be the same as Theresa May for the right wing, right? They're, they're just going to sell you out. And this is how, it's so, such an old game. But isn't he it's an anti Semite? Corbyn is an anti Semite. He is against those Jewish supremacists, right? That's, that's what I've heard. Yeah, yeah, that's what the media keeps telling us. He's a complete anti-Semite. I mean, I do, it, it's based on some friendships he had, uh, I believe, at its heart. And obviously his involvement in pro-Palestinian activities uh, in in his career at certain points. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, everyone's an anti-Semite. The left are anti-Semites, the right are anti-Semites. I mean, it... it that's well, the way they want to frame it. That's the way they've always framed it, though, to be honest. Yeah, of course. Everybody's, everybody, even Jews are anti-Semites. There was this Jew, pro- oh, I yeah. think it was a professor, I just caught this earlier, who was fired from 
was it Harvard? Because for some, I don't know what he was even doing. He was giving me some presentation on stage with his shirt off. And he was talking about yeah. how circumcision is this evil Jewish ritual and the rabbis are evil and it's just, it makes no damn sense. He was actually speaking quite a bit of sense, shirtless, I guess, showing off that he's in decent shape. But yeah, this this Jewish guy, he was a Jewish guy himself, was fired from Harvard for speaking out against the Jewish ritual mutilation yeah. of baby boy genitals. I watched that. I think the shirtlessness, because he was pretty fired up on stage, I'm assuming at some point earlier in the talk, he's got like, or done a display of aggression, right? And he's like threw his shirt off in some anger. I'm assuming. I mean, Hulked out. The only thing I can think. The Jewish Hulk, yeah. Hey, <laughs> I'm, I really love when awareness of this issue is raised because I do think it is very fundamental. You know, we're poisoned and, and mutilated psychologically in many ways when we come into this world. But that's one of the first things that really hits us hard, if, especially if you know, you're a man living in America. The, yeah. Most of us, especially the white people, uh, ha- have been circumcised. And basically Jewif- our genitals have been Jewified. It's terrible. They, they, they are showing their ownership over us. But... Uh, there are a lot of effects yeah. of that, and it's just it's just so disgusting, and it's so ridiculous how there's this false uproar always about female genital mutilation, where oh my god, think of the babies, think of these poor little baby girls who are being mutilated because of this sick, the sick cult of Islam, and how can these people not see? That the, that's exactly what's going on here with the boys in your own country, and you and this person who's protesting against the female genital mutilation probably had her own son cut, and of course it gets even worse than that with the Mitzitza Pebe with the rabbis, the the moils sucking the baby blood, and then of course the foreskin cream, heathen vegan. If I was yeah. to go out and talk about how I look so young and healthy because. I've been rubbing uh, baby clitoris cream on my face. People would rightly be horrified. But when it's when it's baby boy foreskins, like those Jewish actresses like Kate Blanchett and who many people think is a tranny, Sandra Bullock and others, and Oprah Winfrey, that was years ago, come out and hail the benefits of foreskin cream, nobody bats an eyelash. Yeah, the, the audience laughed. I mean... Oh. Genital mutilation as a whole, whether it's female or male, comes out of the Middle East. Um, this is the whole problem with this. Like, pro, you get it. Obviously, we're you know we're, we're way more aware than this, but it, you know with the Tommy Robinson, like pro-Israel, anti-Islam, pro-Jewish, and it's these Middle Eastern religions are obsessed with mutilating somebody's genitals. You know, it doesn't really. The sex differs, but uh, well, I think. Uh, Aren't Muslims circumcised anyway? Yeah, um, I, I think they probably just mutilate both sexes. It, it probably depends <laughs> on what, which sect of the uh, of Islam you're adhering to, but yeah, that that sounds sounds about right. Equality, right? Yeah. Well, <laughs> the, the downturn on equality because you know, rather than not mutilate the boys, let's just mutilate the girls too. I mean, it's a big problem here in England because obviously with the growing immigrant population. And there's been no prosecutions, as far as I'm aware, the last time I checked anyway, although there have been some calls for it with female genital mutilation. And, and Obviously, uh, male genital mutilation is not practiced uh, 
as as a standard here in the UK. So same as much of Europe, I believe. Yeah, not nearly as much as over here in the United States. With yeah. with the the female ritual general mutilation that goes on too, because it's not legal, right? It's not yes, legal it's in the UK. They, you have people pushing to make it legal because otherwise they're going to have to do this in, in, in the underground market with the with the imam or There's whatever no Muslim choice. using a, a little razor blade. So we just we've just got to you know embrace their culture and and get it done cleanly by a, by a certified doctor. Yeah, so they can tax it, make money off it. But, uh, yeah, like, there's no choice, right? You've got to mutilate them. But, <clears throat> I mean, it, it's all, it's, it's again, these, these, like I said, they're foreign, completely foreign, out of the Middle East, both of them. And I wish people could just see that. It's like I saw a comment on a, I mean, change the subject slightly, but I saw a comment on Twitter and they're talking about, you know, is Israel, like, we want to be like them and have these, because of these new rules that are coming in with the nation, state, or whatever. But it's like, we've got to understand that they were literally immigrant terrorists taking over a country. That's that's how they got the country, by committing acts of terrorism and then taking it over by force. It's a, So I have to keep reminding people that we want the opposite of this. Everything that comes out of uh, the Middle East at the moment has been bad for Europe. Right, Islam is not good in Europe, and certainly Judaism is not good in Europe. I mean, look at the whole Iceland thing. One of the only countries where it's like I think it was illegal to uh, circumcise a boy. I think they um, just made that illegal. They made it illegal, and then obviously that then they got a rabbi, one of the first rabbis in Iceland, and now there's a big uproar with, you know, they're persecuted, blah, 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 blah. I think they even sent a Chabad <laughs> to rap, uh, to Iceland. They, they're they starting up a Chabad center in Iceland now because they need to nice. need to teach these, these uppity goyim, <laughs> you know, how to behave, how to be tolerant and accepting of general yeah. ritual mutilation of babies. Uh, you know, let's let's yeah. get on to this this story coming out of the UK that was yeah. from the yeah. Independent, and the title is "Mixed Race Student Who Shouted We Hate Whites Cleared as Court Rules She Was Not Motivated by Hostility." <laughs> she said, "I did tell them to be quiet before responding more forcefully." So, is this? Have you looked into this story at all? Uh, because this this just recently came across my desk. I saw it quickly, but I mean, I mean, in the emails that we fired back and forth, you show me like a lot of stories that you'd have featured on the Tribune about this. I mean, it, it's something that comes up all the time. Uh, like that Mustafa girl, I mean, I mentioned on a show before, but where she got, she didn't even get fired for literally saying kill white men. Um, all white whereas men. Some, all white men, <laughs> yeah, all of them. Kill them all. Let's not leave any of them. But, uh, and at the same time that was going on, uh, there was literally a guy that after the big terror, uh, like supposed terrorist attack at the uh, Ariana Grande, Grande uh, concert, he literally tweeted, I'm really, my prayers go out to the victims, blah, blah, blah. And I've had enough of Islam. Why don't they just, uh, we should just kill them all or something like that. Then he re- And he got like, I think two years, maybe. Okay, so... And he's had context, right? He's had, he was hurt. He believed a terrorist attack just happened. 
whatever we believe about it, that's what he believed, the individual. Uh, so the context to him was he was outraged and sad that people, children had been attacked and targeted, in his view, by an Islamic extremist. So he had context to his outburst, right? You could go, you know, something said in anger. How many people have said, I'll kill you in anger or something like along those lines? That context is really crucial um, to me anyway. To, this woman's actually going to do anything. Her context was absolutely nothing other than to get some social media shares, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Okay? I'm not 100% sure what the background to her story was. A diversity, was a diversity officer at Goldsmiths University. Yeah, she, she was holding some kind of some meeting and was basically excluding, you know, based solely on the color of their skin, the sex they were born with. And he's cis, I think, you know, cis meaning heteronormative, however else they call it. Straight white males, just <coughs> not yeah. welcome. And, or basically, they just all need to die. They need, not only that they need to die, they need to be killed. So she's calling for people to be killed. Now, my old friend Paul Hickman put up stickers, was put on prohibitive bail for two years, and it kept kicking his court case back further and further. And once he was tried, he could be facing, and likely would face, perhaps three years in prison. So he... the story goes is that he killed himself because of just what it's like to be oppressed in your own land. He's an ethnic, he's an indigenous Britain, Briton. Yeah, from my local area, uh, from Birmingham. Yeah, Birmingham Nationalist. That was his site. He was standing up for himself and for his people against an invasion, a hostile invasion. If you don't think it's hostile... Just looking at, at these people who come to the lands and, and yell about how we hate whites and that all white cis males should be killed. That's a hostile invasion. So what's the natural, natural reaction to, be, to being invaded? Well, it's to actually kill your invaders, but that's not he, what he was doing nor what he was calling for. All he was doing is putting up stickers to try to raise awareness about the issue. So the double standards are, are clear for anybody with eyes oh, to and see. and deliberate. And deliberate. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, they deliberately want to do I mean, I, there's even, like, here, just silly little laws. Like, uh, if you're a nurse, you're not allowed to wear jewelry. Because, obviously, you could get caught on people's wires, etc., so you don't wear jewelry. There's exemptions for uh, certain other religious groups. Um and all of this kind of thing, which is constantly being brought up now. So, so they can wear religious symbology or something that, like I say, various religions and different sects have different things that they need to wear. Like, uh, for example, Sikhs in this country can walk around with, uh, I'm not going to try and pronounce the name of the knife, but uh, they can walk around with a small knife on them. Perfectly legally, because that's their caste system. Um, they're what, the, the warrior caste. So, and they don't have to wear uh, helmets, obviously, on motorcycles and things because they have a big turban on their head. So there's, there's constantly where we're, we have to make allowances, but we have no allowances. I mean, not even for Christianity, which I'm not trying to defend here or anything like that. I'm just saying that even if Christian, even if you want to pretend that Christianity is the natural um, religion of the 
the European folk. They weren't even allowed for that, let alone pagans. We have like pretty much no rights um, because we're barely recognized by the state. Yeah, over here in the United States, we white people don't have civil rights. Right? This should be obvious to anybody who's who's paying attention. As I said, but it's pretty much admitted by people who you know even crafted civil rights. Mary Frances Berry was the former chairwoman of the U.S. Commission on Civil Rights. Mm-hmm. A little bit higher of a position than Bahar Mustafa at Goldsmiths University as a diversity officer, former chairman of the U.S. Commission on Civil Rights. She said, civil rights laws were not passed to protect the rights of white men and do not apply to them. I opened up an article in 2013 with that quote, white Americans are being targeted for extermination. I also brought up that quote on the Tom Hartman show right there at the end and told him, framed everything by saying, this is a civil rights struggle, Tom. I really don't think he or his paymasters liked me putting it in that perspective. Because then that's something... I watched that that interview, yeah. Something people can get behind more easily than, I'm a white supremacist who wants to gas all the Jews and, you know, just the the whole... um, Daily Stormer printer fiasco where the you like got say, weave ironically what come after you, yeah. Just yeah. Like, you were trying to frame it in the correct way, and then after you came around, we're just going to gas all the gas everything. Global like, white supremacy. Yeah, they're advocating for global white supremacy next to two big big swastikas. Now, I have no problem with the swastika, but was this intelligent? No. Was it done? Was it even done by a white person? No, it was done by a Jew named Weave, Andrew Arnheimer. Mm-hmm. So this this is, I mean, it's it's very very obvious when you see that hate crimes are only basically applied to white people. There are some instances where, in certain circumstances, a, a hate crime can be committed against white people, but they're they're trying to do away with even that. The editor of this magazine called Ebony, which is exclusively for black people. And, oh, how dare you white people if you try to have a magazine exclusively for yourselves at any kind of decent distribution. But she she says that hate crimes can't be committed against white people. The, yeah. This story came so, out in 2016. You know, I, I have that one up on the Tribune as well. But... She just says it's impossible, just like you can't be racist against white people. It's impossible because the whole prejudice plus power equation that they came up with. Yeah, I saw an interesting, uh, there was one of those uh, talks, one of the, I don't know what university it was, I see so many, and it was all these people of color coming together, so you had everybody except whites coming together and showing how they're oppressed. And this young uh, Chinese girl, I think it was, got up and talks about how she actually started to reframe it a little bit. She sounded like slightly naive to what was going on. And she said, well, you know, not all white people are bad. Because once I was walking down the street and a load of, uh, oh, I'm going to break. I'll finish the story after. All right, sounds good. I'll be back in just a bit.
you. Fallen on hard times? Need cash? Sick of waiting tables? Here at the Juletard School of Drama, we can make all your hopes and dreams come true. Sign up for our 33-week course and we will teach you how to laugh mid-sentence when describing how your friend was blown into six million pieces, how to move too soon before any shots or explosions are even heard, the lost art of driving into people but having your truck stay nice and clean, the correct posture when crouching over a dummy so your ID card doesn't cause neck strain. Sign up today and we guarantee weekly acting jobs with the CIA, FEMA, MI5, even Mossad. Scholarships and bursaries available for war veteran amputees and illegal immigrants. Gilatard School of Drama. We even supply the tomato sauce and dead chickens. Welcome back to the Heathen Hunt here. And Heathen Vegan, before the break, was talking about this video of an Asian girl at some, at some diversity-type rally. And I, I saw this video as well, but please continue. Yeah, and this, uh, well, yeah, this young Chinese girl, like, tries to go, well, you know, not all white people are bad, and black people can do it too. She, she relays a story where she's walking down the street, and basically there's a bunch of black guys following her, uh, saying a load of racial slurs to her and um, a white lady gets out of a car or is passing or just getting into a car and stops to ask if she's all right and help her out which she's immediately like booed and you can start as the story goes on the people in the surrounding are starting to realize this and they they start to try to shout her down a little bit and then you, you hear what you just said like uh, no it's race and plus plus power it's discrimination plus power you don't get it and she's told that she doesn't get it she doesn't understand it she's new to the country she sounded new to the country English wasn't that great and uh, she doesn't get how this game is played yeah um it was quite bizarre how they shouted her down and didn't want her to have a voice because it was actually black people persecuting her or being well being racially abusive to her at least do you remember (laughs) yeah well, just when, when Bernie Sanders had that rally and those Black Lives Matter women got up there and got in the face of, of Bernie and his campaign staff and demanded to have the microphone to, to say their piece. And unlike – okay, so it looks staged, but with any other group yeah. that, that stormed a stage of a presidential candidate, they'd be immediately arrested, taken off. These women were allowed to have their Black Lives Matter speech while Bernie just stood there with his head bowed, waiting, waiting for his turn yeah. at the mic. <laughs> I, it's a and I, But the important point here, like with all of this, yeah, it's happening. It's real. And it, and it has real life implications. This I'm not trying to discount that, but it is orchestrated. 
these, I mean, these ideas that it's all our fault and we can only be racist one way. And it's actually like we're saying, he's actually following through in law. This is following. It's not just some stupid left wing idea. This is following through in the laws of the land. People that say anti anything, anti any other race are locked up. People that say anything anti white don't even lose their job, don't pay anything for it. Now, but it is orchestrated to cause friction. I mean, and not only cause friction, they're making them feel. I mean, that that video I was talking about. This is like held at a university. I mean, I don't know what they're doing there. They just seem to be having a little rally where they just hate on white people. I mean, that's it essentially, right? Um, and they're perfectly allowed. They're given space for this, you know. They need their space, and probably no white people are allowed within the vicinity because you know it's their people of color space for that evening or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. This is all absolutely deliberate because, and also not only to get them to feel like victims, but also to. I think to try and make white people react in a rash way. Um, the problem with white people, we're, we're actually too too pleasant in some ways. We don't, we're not reacting at all. In fact, a lot of people, t- well, I said, there's a lot of people that are on our side. And I, 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 trust me on this. They just don't fully understand the subject like we do. But they, they're clinging. I mean, that the thing we kicked this off with, the Independent article, if you read the comments, even people that hate us are going, this is a bit stupid and, and you know, one-sided. Uh, we need to have some kind of fairness. That's even for people that re- think, think we're uh, horrible people anyway. So the normal everyday citizen is seeing this, um, but still nothing's being done. And this goes back to these leaders and QAnon that, you know, nothing's actually getting done everybody's going to save us but nobody is everything's getting worse minute by minute and when it's coming up to law like it is in this country where it we've had many cases like the two we've mentioned but there's loads where they're just not being prosecuted now i'm not saying they should be to be totally honest now that might seem like a harsh thing because at this moment if we want to plan a fair playing group i should be allowed to criticize them they can criticize me that if we live in this supposed democracy that should be allowed they can say not kill all white people, but they can say, you know, I think white people have power. And then I should be allowed equally to say, no, it's Jews that have the power in my country. Oh, but if I yeah, don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no, that's, that's a special group. Yeah, no, you can, you can say anybody else controls things. The Arabs run Hollywood, whatever, but hey, cool. The anti-Semitism, man. They've Uh, got their special term, haven't they? Anti-Semitism is completely separate just for them. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> and even though you know you've got the Palestinians yeah. being Semites, but you know, you're right with the the law being set here and precedent being set in some of these court mm-hmm. cases. Like there was one out of Calgary, Canada, a couple of years ago. I wrote about it. Uh, the article is titled "Assaulting a White Woman While Yelling I Hate White People Is Not a yeah. Hate Crime." Okay, so literally, she the 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 white woman was punched in her face while the the attacker was screaming i hate white people but that's not a hate yeah. crime no <laughs> i mean she's even said it it was com- I mean, is- completely unprovoked the white woman didn't do anything to provoke this it was just punched in her face because the attacker hates white people yeah i mean like Unprovoked, there's no motive except for what she says verbally, which is she hates white people. I mean, 
it doesn't really take a genius to put two and two together there to realize the motive for the crime can only be her hatred towards white people as she explicitly stated but yeah, I mean, like I say, it's, but it's 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 orchestrated to make us react rashly. I can only believe it all side with people like the Tommy Robinsons and the Trumps to get us to go down that route. Uh, they're all pro-Israel, right? So because the left are, you know, left are anti-Israel. They're not anti-Jew. They want uh, you say Jew, they get they correct you and say Zionist, and anybody can be a Zionist, and you get these stupid arguments, but. I mean, anyone can be a Zionist, but we know it's what's the root of this? What's the root of Islam? What's the root of Zionism? I mean, root of Judaism. What's the root of uh, Zionism? One group of people, right? But so the left is semi-anti-Semitic uh, and they're actually actively trying, although this is slightly contrived, too, because you have Soros behind a lot of these groups that are openly anti-Israel. I mean, it's a, it's a big game. And I, I have I don't have all the answers to it, but I know we're being played and played big time. Yeah, and we need to do things like you said in that interview. Uh, we need to frame this correctly. Uh, this gas everybody, and this, or this can I, I get it? It's funny, and you know, it 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 can be kind of humorous, but it only actually reinforces uh, the idea that people were gassed in the first place. Right. Um, that's what the average person seeing this doesn't see doesn't see the joke. Right? They go, wow, these people are so easy, so evil. They're not only mocking the 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 the, press, the sacred six million, but now they're saying that we should do it to other people. Right? Uh, that's how they see it anyway. The, the average person. Remember, we're trying to communicate with the average person. Yeah. Um, you, you know, they're using both extremes. Uh, to yeah. further their agenda and they're using the same laws to go after these extremes as well to mm-hmm. to be able to marginalize them prosecute them like how with this unmasking antifa thing yeah. that that's been going on I, I guess it was first first came into existence in order to unmask the kkk it's very yeah. appropriate that it go from being something to target the kkk then to antifa but they these uh, different things that are passed can be used however they would like. Uh, for yeah, example, but... in the wake of Charlottesville, the Senate, the um, there's a Senate Joint Resolution 49 that rejected white nationalists, white supremacists, the Kooks, Ku Klux Klan, neo-Nazis, and other hate groups. And Trump actually mm-hmm. signed it, making it part of the U.S. legal code. This was in September of 2017 specifically calling out white nationalists, white supremacists, and the like. Now, that is obviously not a good thing for people like us. But you know what? A lot of people who are on our side, supposedly, would be celebrating the same kinds of laws that would be used to target the opposition. It's just like how Alex Jones is all in favor of martial law when it's being used to to target the enemies of the republic and... (laughs) Yeah, yeah, but oh, but the same here. Yeah, the difference here is though, instead of it being the left that's targeted necessarily, it's it's Islam. So they say hate speech. I mean, Abu Hamza, right? He used to go around in London openly saying, you know, stupid things. I mean, he was he was an agent, proven agent of the F, of CIA, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And MI five, MI six, his connections were everywhere. But he'd go around going, "We need to kill the infidels," blah blah blah, all this crap. 
And then the hate speech rules come in. Now, uh, the religious hatred, etc. they all came in. A lot of comedians and people were against them, but they got passed. And now who's being arrested for them? I try to tell people this and they can't see it. They get so focused on their enemies. It's like, ban the burqa in France, right? And they ban the burqa. Everybody, yeah, they ban the burqa. But you, what you're doing is they're getting immigrants to come into your country and then they're using them to change laws that affect you. So now you can't wear anything. You know, say I said I want to wear something. You know, you're banned. So the, you actually, they're bringing in immigrants to change your laws and to reduce your freedoms by by setting you off against each other. Now I'm not saying they should what, be here. Obviously not. What what but, what about these? Um, yeah. What about the militarized police here in the U.S. with uh, all the anti-terror units yeah. and. Uh, all, all of the rest of the Israeli training, the the reason that's given that we need this is because, well, look at all the violence that's taking place. And yeah. then when you actually do have you know the chimp outs that go on, oh, they need space to destroy. You can't use them. Don't you don't we don't want to offend them. And it's just it's just ridiculous. We, we could be living in very peaceful societies when when white people are living amongst their own. <laughs> Well, you end up with a, a kind of Mayberry type existence where you have just a local sheriff or, and his deputy who take care of most yeah. issues. And you need a six shooter, if that. Yeah, I mean, there's obviously some criminality here and there, but I mean, nothing like the scale we're seeing. I mean, look at London. I mean, the knife crime is through the roof, right? And oh, and Sadiq Khan just being interviewed about bloody Trump. Uh, and everyone's loving him for that, and, and it's like, what the hell, man? You, you got you, your city is going to shit, and we all know why. It's gang-related. By gang-related, they mean majority black, Asian, except well, they say Asian, which Pakistani, etc. That's what they mean by gang-related. Maybe some Eastern European gangs, but they don't involve themselves in silly stuff like that. They're normally more serious. This is just people going around stabbing each other, low-level gang criminals. They're all. They're all yeah. not ethnically English, whatever they are. Did you guys have any of the old knockout game, so-called game, attempted we murder had going on? similar. It was called Happy Slapping. Uh, it's a few years ago now. Probably predates the knockout game, actually. But it was, uh, it was, uh, and it was done by a lot of white kids, and especially in rough areas. But it wasn't actually a punch. It was, it was what it says, a slap. Um, but yeah, it was still, still unprovoked and. When you're not expecting something, as you appreciate, if you're not, and I've been punched not expecting it, and it hits you a hundred times harder because you, you're not braced for it. Yeah. So, it, I mean, it really takes you out. And so, it's a very dangerous thing because you're not braced for it, so you don't know the impact. And also, it's very hard to recover from, especially if the attacker wants to carry on because your head's trying to work out exactly what the hell is going on, what happened to you. I got hit with a stool on the back of the head once. And I didn't even know what the hell hit me. It was that hard. Till I, and I was on the floor. Then I was being kicked about the floor. I, there was no way of recovering from that. So, it, it comes from people who have no, no honor, no courage, right? Yeah. Because it's a sucker punch. It's yeah. the most cowardly thing you could possibly do. And it's usually oh, done yeah. with a, a gang of people, a group of guys. Maybe one or two yeah. of them will actually do the punch. But... Uh, They've got backup going against some old lady. Yeah, they're picking on defenseless people, completely unaware. I mean, like you say, it's the when I was younger, if you, when you it happened, 
in fights where someone had sucker punched, but it was not seen as it was it, even though even if you won the fight, he was seen as an asshole. Do you know what I mean? Like you, you, you sucker punched him, man. You know what I mean? It was a, there was a certain even in the old, you know. I grew up in relatively rough areas where you know people fought a lot when you when you were younger, pecking order. But that was a no no. You know that wasn't something you didn't do because that made you a coward, a wuss. But the, the, I mean, it just goes to show the level of mentality of these people that they there's no honor. I mean, there's li- I mean, we know there's no honor anyway in what they're doing, but they just don't care. They think it's funny. They I mean, they film the evidence as well, um, so they can laugh at it later, right? Uh, that's it. I mean, it's it's yeah. shocking, and, and people have died from it because, like I say, it being hit when you're not expecting it you, you hit the ground hard you're not braced mm-hmm. yeah and you know the the attacks the what's actually taking place out there in in the real world is mainly it's mainly now against white people not just south mm-hmm. africa it's it's in every major city it's in the towns it's it's everywhere yep. across the world white people are under attack and it's a coordinated assault even though the people who are doing it might not get be getting marching orders. Hey, go go punch white people, but they they do essentially because of the control of the media, because of the control of the music and things yeah. like that. It's all throughout the lyrics, and I've gone through and I've, I've talked about the late '80s, early '90s rap music and how it was all just about killing crackers and devils. They they you yeah. know would refer to white people as devils, and it's genocidal for for sure. Uh, and now there was the 2017 music video from this rapper. He, he was only 19 years old at the time. He's big sensation. Extentation. I don't even know how to say it. Extension maybe is what he was going for. It's it, it's all re- retardation. Three X's then tentation. Uh, ebonics. That they were even trying to push ebonics. It's it's just mind ogling. Anyway. In his music video, Look At Me Now, right? Pretty obvious what he's trying to go for here. Look At Me Now, he's doing a mock hanging of a white child. So think about that. This 19-year-old Negro who, you know, is fully grown, not mentally, hanging a little white boy who's done nothing wrong. I guess to atone for the sins of his ancestors. And his little boy's feet are twitching as he's raised into the air and he's dead. But this was allowed on on YouTube. This was, you know, celebrated by many people as being, you know, a really symbolic thing to see. And, of course, we don't even have to say what would happen if the races were reversed and you had a white person lynching a black person. (laughs) I mean, yeah, I mean... And that that video was kind of weird, wasn't it? Kind of somber all the way through. It was, if I remember correctly, I haven't watched it since it came out. But and as you linked to me, others, there's been lots of videos where you know, uh, openly and explicitly anti-white that are completely allowed. But it goes back to what we're saying: it's this, it's this controlled idea that you know, and they're constantly oppressed. So they actually want to do this because it because they feel oppressed. Like that woman that hit that other woman, the black woman that hit the white woman. I hate white people. That's if you want to talk about hate crime, right? Uh, Instigate or you know, if you're instigating violence against another race, the media does it all the time. Oh, with yeah. skewing statistics, all constant. 
doing it, how they're constantly oppressed. The university is one of the biggest sinners in this. All of them are completely guilty uh, if we're going to take that law seriously. But as we know, again, it's only used against us because of all these nonsense ideas around whiteness. Uh, you know, whiteness just needs to be removed, right? Is that uh, Ignatov or Igneata? I can't say. Abolished. Yeah, abolished, abolished. Yeah. Which is what genocide. I mean, we could go on with the list here. Uh, and if there's anybody new, listening that's kind of new to, the, to this information, I mean, just look at it. People just think it's like we're a bunch of racists talking on the radio or something stupid. It's, it's in your face. If you can't see it by now, you've been seriously programmed. I mean, and this is the problem, because when this is happening, the, all this crime is that the public is so programmed by the media that they're still accepting that they're still willing to go, it's not all of them, it's this, it's this, and they're still willing to make excuses in every which way they can. And we've got, that's our job, is to break that programming so they can actually see what is right in front of them. I mean, like I say, we're just giving a few examples here. If I went into a group, if I spent a few hours Google searching this, I would have so many articles that I could do a show for about eight hours on it. You know, just listing them. Let alone anything else, but this programming is so, so, so ingrained. And in the children, it's even worse. They're really working hard on them. Yeah. That people just cannot see it. You know, uh, this this rapper X, uh, the, who hung the white child, he was uh, executed earlier this year. Yeah. But it wasn't by an evil white supremacist. It looks like it was by a fellow gangbanger. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's not a problem, though. When black people kill black people, which happens yep. All the time. Who who the hell cares? That's that's. I mean, that's not news. That's just standard. But oh, if a yeah. white person even hurts a black people's you know, take, feelings, take London. Uh, Damilola Taylor has a day of remembrance. He was killed by whites and mixed race people, I believe. I can't remember the full story because I don't watch the media. But it was apparently on the media. It was like constant. Right? He's got a day of remembrance. If this was years ago, because. It was white people killed a black kid. Black white kids killed a black kid. Now, the reverse happens daily. Well, not the reverse, but black people are killed by other black people daily in London. Not like ten years ago. Daily. No one gives a shit about them. If I ask the public about a famous murder in London of a black teenager, they'd say, "Damn it, Taylor!" Right? But they would. They they wouldn't remember the one that happened yesterday. Well, Ethan Vegan, if you were to bring up slavery, people would likely point to the transatlantic yeah. slave trade, right? They'd say well, that was the epitome of wickedness: white people enslaving Africans, not knowing about any of the other people who had been enslaved, not knowing that white people mm-hmm. had been enslaved, not knowing that white people had been enslaved to multiple people throughout time, not knowing that yeah. Jews were doing a whole lot of that slave trade. And, I mean, they also don't care, it seems, or know about the possibly 40 million people in the world today who are enslaved. If you were to ask them, <laughs> are, well, they're slaves today, they'd say, no, no slavery was outlawed. Oh. Yeah, by, by white people. <laughs> yeah, by white people. And it's not and it's not white people who are doing the enslaving today. So who cares about that, those 40 million people enslaved? We need to keep focusing back in, throughout through time. We need to focus on the history of injustice that Whitey has, you know, done to this world. Oh, yeah. 
we're, we're, we're completely set up as the bad guy and that's how this narrative gets pushed. That's why it's okay to hit a white person because, you know, there's probably some, you know, generational psychological reason for it happening. You know, like uh, the Holocaust uh, victims now, well, the, Holocaust, the supposed Holocaust victims and their great-grandchildren or grandchildren that, you know, still need reparations because it's left some kind of genetic psychological trauma. I mean, uh, it's not, like you say with slavery, there's nobody alive today, in a, no black person alive today in America that was a slave mm-hmm. for anybody. Well, they, they still want their reparations. That includes, <laughs> well, whatever they want. Uh, did you uh, check out this article? I'd written in 2015, YouTube allows a video that promotes kidnapping, raping, yes. and murdering whites. This was from a guy who called himself Uncle Tuna, and I haven't read through it since then, but I'm looking through some of the images. So the woman at the end is is put up on a cross in a Confederate flag draped around her. Yeah. It looks like she's naked underneath it. So she's crucified on a cross, where, and they put a Klan hood on her. And, mm-hmm. yeah, she's, she's raped and murdered. Uh, kidnapped, yeah. raped, and then murdered. Uh, that they show it in the video, and this was allowed up on YouTube. It didn't even have an an uh, adult viewing, you know, a no kids allowed type of uh, filter on it. At least it didn't for a long time. It's still up. I'm looking here. It looks like it's still viewable. Now, I mean, I've had so many videos censored. Some of some of Sinead's videos just addressing white women and very very you know good tone to it, very positive. Uh, not hateful whatsoever. Uh, some of these videos, because they could p- potentially get through to some young women, they were age restricted. Where she's just talking and saying things that are that are just not acceptable to the kosher censors. But this video, this was perfectly ex- acceptable to the kosher censors, showing mm-hmm. uh, you know uh, depicting what what white people deserve, which is to be tortured, raped, crucified, and. They're putting up with it. I think, honestly, I'm looking at this cross here, white people on the cross. I think that's a big part of the problem, Ethan Vegan, is that white people are so cucked through, especially modern Christianity, but Judeo-Christianity, I'm not a fan whatsoever. But through their modern Christian indoctrination, they are so cucked that they just applaud this, many of them. Yeah, because uh, it's universalism. I mean, this is what I can't... This is the, the basic... It's universalism and based on complete forgiveness. Now, I talked a little bit about forgiveness, but we need to forgive ourselves and those worthy of forgiveness. There are things that are not forgivable, that are unforgivable. Those things, like I said in the show, that there can be no justice for them. You know, you can't forgive somebody that's harmed a family member or harmed your, your people, your folk, in serious ways, like we're talking, you know, as they have been done with this rape and murder. You can't forgive those people. Um, but obviously, it doesn't. This plane doesn't matter to the Christian because the Christian's all about it's selfish. I said this before. It's selfish ideology based on. And I knew Christians that didn't give a shit that their children, these are older Christians, work Christians, so they were going to hell. They didn't even give a yeah. shit. They, they were like, "Well, I'm going to heaven. My son's going to go to hell or something." They didn't give a shit. I'm like, "How? What the hell? Like, you base your your worship." of this, this foreign deity above your own kin. Um, I mean, that's that's beyond madness. Well, you, um, you got to follow the Pope. 
and the Pope, and he loves to, to wash and kiss these black feet of invaders. <laughs> oh, that photo just says it all. And the so sorry guys who are marched around in chains and, uh, t- you know, tied up uh, yeah. their heads in yokes and whatever. Uh, the, the, these are Christians, right? I'm pretty sure that that's a Christian group that goes around and does this so sorry crap. Child abuse when they bring their children. And yeah, they have... they're definitely from England, but I, d- I don't know what the I have no idea. Oh, I've maybe... never really looked into them, but they, I, I've seen the pictures, the images. They're, they're bizarre. I mean, they just want, but this is what it's based on, right? Suffering. Just look at the look at the Jewish religion. It's every single one of their holidays is how they got vengeance for their suffering, right? Um, it's con- their whole history is about suffering and persecution, and it's almost like these white these Christian people here they want to like suffer, right? Well, I'm bad, suffer. I'm sinful, suffer, suffer. Atone, atone, and they atone by becoming meek, weak, callous. That's no atonement. Um, They'll be rewarded with the kingdom of heaven in the afterlife for giving up their lands, for giving up their ancestral heritage, for ending their lines, for committing white genocide. Oh, Yahweh will reward them well, or so they think. Okay, second hour coming up. again after getting censored relentlessly on youtube with video after video and channel after channel getting taken down we have decided to try a different approach we now have renegadevids.com which features all the documentaries parodies compilations sketches and video discussions that are simply too accurate for the kosher censors There are now many hours worth of hard-hitting videos waiting for you to watch and share. So get on over to renegadevids.com. Renegade Broadcasting. Hard-hitting talk radio. 
Tag um Tag, Jahr um Jahr, wenn ich durch diese Straßen gehe. Seh ich, wie die Ruinen dieser Stadt wieder zu Häusern auferstehen. Doch bleiben viele Fenster leer, für viele gab es keine Wiederkehr. Und über das, was gerade noch war, spricht man heute lieber gar nicht mehr. Welcome back to the Heathen Hunt. This is Kyle Hunt and Heathen Vegan is with me here tonight. In the first hour, we've been discussing this anti-white assault, an all-out attack that has been waged against us here. And it's deliberate, and it's right there in your face, and it's sickening, and it makes me very, very angry. I just want to bring one more story up here, and that is the one about cuckold pornography being allowed on YouTube as art, so-called art. Now, this one I wrote about in 2015. It came out right around the same time as the Uncle Tuna video, so probably part of some deliberate demoralization agenda. But this one, it's just so disgusting. There's a black man who starts out clothed with these two white women, and the one of the white women eventually leaves while the other one gets undressed. They get completely naked. Now, this was another one. I, I don't even know if there was an age filter on this at the time I saw it. I had to go in and put in the black boxes to feature this on the Tribune. I didn't feel like showing black penis uh, and, and, you know, the white woman's vagina now, they don't have intercourse with each other, but it's it's labeled as interracial naked art photography. That's how it's labeled on YouTube. And it's not that at all. It's softcore pornography where... I mean, it's people get... It's a little bit pe- more than softcore pornography, to be honest. You don't yeah. See, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's right. I mean, you see a lot more of the physical anatomy of these two than you would in a softcore. That's right. Interracial naked art photography, perfectly fine for YouTube. And, of course, I had just had Hellstorm censored, so I'm thinking, okay, this is this is A-OK, but Hellstorm documentary, no. No, we can't have that. But it's... Uh, and the woman who, who's in it, who's naked in this, you, you go look at the site that's being promoted. She's a, a so-called porn star. She's a pornographer, mm-hmm. so... That's what this is all about. This is that's what this is promoting, but no, it's it's artistic because uh, it goes along with the white genocide agenda. It, that's just what it's it's just so infuriating that this is allowed to take place. That this is just, no most people don't even bat an eyelash. You know, they just go along with it and say, "Oh, what are you so upset about? Are you a white supremacist Nazi? Who cares?" You know, and it's um, it's part of this. It's part of the sorcery that's done against us, and because we're talking about this cuckold pornography, all pornography is essentially cuckold pornography, because it is training men to be aroused by watching other people have sex, and uh, Mm -hmm. pornography and sex in general. There's 
okay, so sex in, in general has a very magical quality to, especially when you're talking about the ability to produce new life yes. with childbirth. And then, so you have this act of masturbation, you know, with the man and his wand there while watching all this degenerate crap coming from Jews. That's, I, I brought this up with, with Willem in my last show. I think this is one of the big things that they had to do to get us to be completely complacent during our, our invasion, d- during the time when we were really overrun. They need to everybody to be hooked on pornography because it puts them under a spell. Because it, it, and it's not it's, even just like direct pornography. I mean, it, the, they use it in advertising, right? To constantly, everywhere you look, there's constantly sexual images. Um, and this is used to completely off-focus people. Um, so you, you're thinking about sex all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you can't focus on anything else. Look at all the affairs and all this stuff that's going on. With I mean, Trump even had a dating site, Daniel, something like that. Um, it's the what everybody's. It, it talks a little bit about what I was in the sh- did the show on last week. I mean, this constant feeling of guilt, shame, this constant doing things wrong because you know. So these people have an affair. Why are you having an affair? You know, don't throw stones in it while you live in glass houses. White people are the only people that really abide that rule. So all these white people doing these things, it just, it makes them just shut up. This is how politicians, you know, if somebody's cheating on their wife, it's easier to control them, right? It's it's just a complete mess. Uh, and, and the oversex, I mean, we could go on for ages on this, but I'll let you finish the point. Anyway. Well, it's just that it's, it's part of a magical mind control of sorts, dark mm-hmm. magic. And oh, yeah. This, because essentially what a lot of dark magic is about is about controlling other people's minds. Yeah. But the, the, it's not really framed that way when they talk about it, when Bernays talks about propaganda or, you know, or social engineering, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it. Uh, PR, public relations, NLP. Yeah, a lot of this, in many instances, could be classified as some dark magic. And Trump's a master of that NLP, and that's mm-hmm. what he's doing with that AOK fashhole hand sign that he's doing. That he uh, when he speaks, people don't realize it. Well, they might catch that he's doing this. But they don't understand what the purpose is or these different hand movements that are given while people are speaking. And it has to be definitely in the realms of magical. Just just to explain, I mean, it is about the unconscious. And this is where the shock shock is the the founder of the well, not really the founder of NLP, but what it was all based off two Jewish guys with the book on it. But they based it off a white guy called Erickson. I mean, his initial. Uh, experience with this was when he was young he had a really high fever and he was probably going to he was given by the doctor like a very slim chance of surviving and uh he he wanted to see the sunrise the next day and uh so that's all he focused on and he saw it but later when he went back and tried to recreate the scene or just lie on the bed where he was lying to do it. He, he actually realized that there was something blocking his view. He couldn't have seen the sunrise that day, but he did see it. And this is when he found out the power of the mind uh, in changing it. And he was actually, from all accounts that I can work out, not a bad guy, but then two Jewish guys took his book 
took his work and wrote a whole book about it, how they can use it to manipulate and uh, manipulate others, which was not the intention of the white person that actually uh, invented it as such. Mm-hmm. Just to add that. Yeah, but I... it, so that's magical thinking, right? He saw through a war, whether you want to believe it or not, he, he, he used the power of his mind to actually see the sunrise. And what they're actually doing has a a, a neurobiological uh, component. This is psychobiology mm-hmm. in some regards yeah. because when you're putting somebody in front of, uh, let's say, a TV screen in a movie theater or whatever, and you show them images and you induce them into certain mental states yeah. – Sometimes sublimity, sublimity, but it doesn't need to be. You just already, by the very act of having them watch this, are putting them into certain uh, brainwave states that it's basically like mm-hmm. a form of of trance or hypnosis, and they're very sus- susceptible. And so you start to put in different associations. If you get them crying at Holocaust movies at an early age. Mm-hmm. You got them, right? Well, we're talking about the kosher controllers here. Some of this can be used for positive uh, things, but that's not how it's being done these days. But we have to really consider all of this when we wonder how in the hell did we get here and why are people even putting up with it? It's because, well, most people are in a trance. Yeah, and they're associating. It's a great point that they're associating – So. The Holocaust nurses, they want to teach it younger and younger because they know that the earlier that they can get you to associate on sadness, unhappy feelings to them, it will affect you in later life unconsciously. Um, and this is the key point. This is I, I mentioned it on Richard's show and I did a show with him that in that last shooting that they talk about, literally, the, the, the reason that they want to keep saying that they're in Holocaust classes, so you attach this sadness of the supposed shooting, killing children Attach it to the Holocaust. The Holocaust has to be in there. That's why it's in all of these movies. To associate it with something within that movie. And so of course, that sympathy, not just to remind you. People think it's just to remind you. It's to actually emotionally associate it. And music has a massive effect on, associate, uh, on, on the psyche. So when they play in certain tunes, you're going to feel a certain way. And that's when they say the Holocaust, that's when it triggers you. Uh, and, th- and, and sets a standard that you will then apply every time you hear that word. I'm thinking of Ben, Sh- back to that feeling. ben Shapiro. There's a video of him from when he was a, a young boy playing the Schindler's List violin music. <laughs> ben Shapiro, perhaps my favorite Radio 314 guest, Lana Loktev. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean it's all it's all there, and and they get they get really really mad when when anybody even tries to use their music for for other types of things like. Uh, yeah. Ice skating to Schindler's List music. I, I've seen that before. There have been a number of these instances, and such a, and uh, you know, there's this huge outcry. Right? They could take mm-hmm. any of our our music and just completely twist and and bastardize it, and we have to just completely put up with it. Nobody nobody says anything. Nobody cares. Or even you know, with the different plays that they put on, like this Hamilton play, where all the actors are now black for these white historical figures. Yeah. You know, we that's you just gotta tolerate it. But when when it's any kind of attack against Jewish culture, or not even a, an attack, just this so called cultural appropriation. Why yeah. no, you can't do that. And the whole world has culturally appropriated us uh, oh, yeah. in many ways. 
not with the culture we have now. That that's a complete bastardization. But the little bits within it, um, a technology, for example. But yeah, we could go into that. But yeah, the magical thinking is very important because <clears throat> I know in the email you want to talk about our ancestors and how they viewed it. Um, when I talked about the leader archetype, they have a they have an ability, right, to, to convey a message. Well, that's that's similar to NLP in some regards, right? These people, like Adolf Hitler, could get up on stage and convey a message in a way that was powerful. And it's just like uh, propaganda, right? People think propaganda is a bad word, but it's not a bad word. It, it just it, it essentially it just putting your case forward. Bad propaganda or lie, deceitful propaganda is bad because, but you have to put the deceitful in front of it um, to make it that. But it became a bad word after World War Two, actually, uh, because people realized they'd been duped, even though they were still pro-war necessarily. They realized that a lot of what, a lot of these war reels that they were seeing in the movies were kind of horse crap, and they were labeled as propaganda. Uh, Bernays changed the name of propaganda to uh, public relations. That's literally a name change. So public relations is propaganda. Um, but yes, marketing leaders now. A lot of it is just under the umbrella of marketing. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, so we're we're using it just like I've said before with things like guns, right? Uh, a gun can be used for good and bad, and manipulation. Uh, that is just to, it's what everybody really does at a base level. We want people to, we we see the world and we see something and we want to tell somebody about it. We don't actively go out to manipulate them, but that's what we're doing in essence. Um, we're trying to manipulate them to see what we see, right? Like we want to do. But manipulation has got a bad reputation because it's always used in some untruthful act. But you can manipulate somebody to see the truth just as much as you can manipulate somebody to see a lie. Um, the same thing with discriminate. Discrimination yeah. is just such an awful thing now, of course, unless you're discriminating against whites. But discrimination used to be a good thing even. This was something yeah, that was, well, you know, because you had high standards, because you were able to tell slight differences between two different things. If you're a wine connoisseur, you're going to be able to discriminate against a fine bottle of wine and a $5 bottle for down from the, the local liquor store. Everybody does it every day. When you decide what you're having for breakfast, you, you're discriminating against some, some, some options, right? You're basing, discrimination is just your basing an opinion based off something. But like you say, it's been used to a word that's almost got no value. Uh, as in, it's 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 a baseless word that's just negative. It's got no, but you have to discrimination in love, right? I love some people more than others uh, because I have to discriminate between who I love the most. Um, it, it's quite, but, like but say, everybody's it's all, equal. You've just got to be able to love the whole world. We're all one. Yeah. It's just but then a, then you, without discrimination, things become valueless because you can't discern the differences. Exactly. Free love. You just got to have sex with everything. You know, that's that's what they are pretty much pushing is no yeah. discrimination. What are you, a hater? But if you look at this marketing, it's all base. The Bernays stuff and everything is to reduce it to base level, right? They don't want you in the higher thought pattern, higher parts of your brain, higher thoughts and thinking patterns. They want you in sex, food, and, you know, fighting, right? So we've got aggression. Is on the rise. Cheating, right? Sexual promiscuity is on the rise. Drugs, abuse. 
yeah it's it's all there right so and food look at food the obesity problem it's all there just to so you're on this base base primitive level of humanity um if it feels good you do it right. feels good in the moment yeah yolo oh. sum it up in one word probably yeah well they've they've sold people on on so many destructive things and it's it's a, a an ever pervasive type of magic that they're working here i mean it just mm-hmm. reaches down at all these different cracks and crevices where you see just the the most vile things now becoming every every day and accepted yes where you know it's getting worse yeah and a lot of it is pornographic it's just lewd and crude and degenerated and trying to actually have some kind of standard in this world is, is seen as being as being crude yeah you're lame you know this just get with the times have some fun there will be a square man yeah <laughs> kid, like, anything you know but yeah i mean but going back to what we were talking about in the emails so to, to link it all together, we're, we're taking these as our advisors, right? We're, we're letting the TV and all these people, Bernays, and all of these protégés that, that run the world now. Bernays was obviously the cousin of Freud or Freud. Uh, nephew. Actually, he's a double nephew. Nephew. nephew yeah, because double nephew. Incestuous. Yeah, married, yeah, whatever. Gets a bit weird. But, um, yeah, so these are becoming our, our spiritual leaders. Uh, especially in a in a spiritualist world, right? So the the Christians, especially the Christian Zionist types, they're controlled by the rabbis. Those that are going YOLO, they're controlled by these, uh, you know, celebrities or well, they're controlled by the celebrities who are the puppets of the puppet masters behind them um, to do all these things. And that's so the spiritless, the people that have no spirituality, no, no nothing beyond. Now they get trapped into the YOLO. And most of the spiritual people get trapped into Christianity. Yeah, or some new, so new age BS. And it, this is, you're exactly right. Even though these people might not have spirituality, they still have their gurus. The gurus of yeah. non-spirituality or the gurus of, of you know, gaming or whatever other little thing that yeah. they're into. They have these people that they look up to as the culture creators and experts and... Uh, they they basically deify some of these people, and yes. this is it's very very dangerous, and it just goes to show how divorced we are from our true ancestral ways. That any of these things are even effective, they would not be nearly as effective if we were firmly rooted. No, if if we were still heathen, they wouldn't be. I mean, the, the argument that we got converted, but it was by the sword mostly. And again, it was on our good nature. People go, oh, so you're so weak. This is an argument I see here a lot about. So you're so weak, you got beat by the cup Christians, right? Because the Christians were using different tactics. They were using Middle Eastern tactics in, in the guise of a white face and in the guise of oh, the all-loving, right? Um, that's deceitful. And I've covered this on some of my shows. Our, our ancestors like to fight up front. We talked about it a bit with the sucker punch, right? We like to be up front. This is why deceit works on us, because we are not naturally deceitful. Uh, regardless of what all the media would tell us, we are not. Christianity is deceitful in its basis that, I mean, first of all, it tells you all sin and makes you pray at their feet. This is, this is a joke, right? You don't get on the, to another man. You don't get down on your knees to them. 
and beg forgiveness. I mentioned this on my last show as well, but so bringing it in, I know you wanted to talk a little bit about like some of the, what we would have listened to in the past. I mean, we called them oracles and things. There was lots, I mean, there's probably some perversion going on there as well, you know, and this is probably where they got the idea, knowing that we were actually a very devout people to our beliefs. Um, this goes through the history. There's no richer history than Europe for, for, Neolithic, uh, Mesolithic even, Neolithic, Mesolithic, Bronze Age, Iron Age, devotion to gods and goddesses. Mm-hmm. I mean, absolute devotion. And I, I, um, just, I want to just jump in here that it's, yeah, yeah. There's, there's such a difference between the Bernaysian type of propagandist who is you know, mm-hmm. doing scientific studies, psychological studies of the human mind, finding out how to best manipulate them, and then, you know, and who might be writing speeches for an orator to go out there and give that message. So much different than somebody who's actually having basically an inspired moment. We, you know, we hear about the muses and the muses being these mm-hmm. goddesses of the arts, patrons of the arts, and, 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 yeah. and these beings that were able to inspire great creativity and just, you know, I, I could feel it myself when I have a natural flow with oration that it, you know, it, it's almost like it's coming from somewhere else and I'm yeah. just the vessel to deliver it. And yeah. th- this is what we're really, really lacking in this world. And, uh, you know, I, I just think it's, it's something that people neglect, especially in the atheistic world where basically because they don't believe in Yahweh they've ruled out the possibility of things that are beyond their visible sight even though we can only see such a tiny fraction of the whole electromagnetic spectrum that is just surrounding us that we're swimming in even though we can only see with our eyes just a little bit and we can perceive you know with hearing and and taste just a little bit more right with the other senses and perhaps even the sixth yeah. sense is so very limited yet. They think they claim that they know definitively that there's nothing outside of it. Nothing that can <laughs> penetrate in or nothing that of ours that can go out, you know, it, it, that, that we're not connected beyond just what we can physically see. So they just poo poo all of, all of the stuff that oh, is seen yeah. as supernatural as being just uh, all hocus pocus. Well, it makes sense in the age of self because something that's lost in Christianity from our pagan beliefs, and we know this through the, well, the de- the daemon got turned into the demon, right? Don't listen to the demon. And now somebody's listening to Christians and go, ah, look, they're, they're Satanists, right? But daemon was not necessarily negative. There were negative ones. Uh, there were bad, malicious ones, and there were benevolent ones. And there were, you know, there were good ones. So, but that was a daemon from a classical Greeks. Yeah, in classical Greek mythology, even uh, Socrates used to t- 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 take advice from demons, right? Uh, so, and many many Greek philosophers did, many Greek thinkers did in general, because they were seen as intermediaries between the gods and man, uh, something in between that was relaying a message. And it goes even further than that. Some people actually believe that the, like uh, the Philica. Uh, in Norse mythology, is a, is, a, is a spirit attached to you. Now, because it comes from the word follow, it's got a very similar word, etymology, to follow. Because it follows you ever. It could be attached to an individual or family. But uh, even in Roman times, uh, I forgot exactly what they called them now, but in Roman times, they, believed, they used to, and, and Greek times, they would worship 
Alexander the Great, certain uh, cults would not worship Alexander the Great, but worship the daemon that was with him, that followed him. That was his his personal intermediary between the gods and himself. Mm -hmm. Um, In the age of self, though, you can deny this and it's all you. Like you were talking, you know, sometimes it's like something's working through you. I, I've been in many conversations where I've said something and then gone, wow, did I just say, I don't even remember thinking that. It almost did it's, you know, we get the word channeling and it's a bit, you know, it's a bit because of the, uh, the most, I forgot what to call it now, oh, but, what, you know, the spiritual, yeah, left, the, the spiritualist stuff, they channel freaking aliens from, I don't know where, but. I'm not too far from a, a famous community in Florida yeah. called Casadega. It's it's fairly you know famous for it being this just a haven of, of spiritualists for a long, long time. Oh yeah, the psychics and the you know, all around the town, and you know even if some of them can get in contact with the dead, it's just it seems like it's just a, a cheap, easy way to make a buck. And you're, yeah, most um, of it's just charlatans, I would have to assume. Well, this is my problem with a lot of things. So, sometimes things like this really intrigue me because when do you hear about anything in the modern alternative anywhere, like the Filka or the Daemon? You hear nothing of it. Everyone's channeling the dead or the channeling God or something. They're never channeling this spirit that follows them. Uh, or, or, or the... the from like I say, from classical Greece all the way up to Norse mythology, they all believe in these things, but they've completely gone from our from our worldview now. Well, there was now, when I see so yeah, there was a movie somewhat recently with uh, the James Bond actor. I forget his name. Uh, who not the not the black one? I don't know if they've rolled him out yet. <laughs> but they they um, it's called the Golden Compass, where you the it's. A, a kind of a physical animal that's attached spiritually to the person uh, that is their daemon and the evil okay. evil witch uh, who is uh, Nicole Kidman is trying to separate children from their daemons in it uh, okay so yeah so I just wanted to bring that up because there is a reference they, they literally call them daemons in the movie too mm. which is which is yeah, just, well, that that would be attached to the... Yeah, I mean, this was... It, the Filka was heavily involved in a, um, naming ceremonies of the Norse um, because they were there present at the birth. They were born with you uh, in some cases. or but When you were born, they attached themselves to you. But they were not negative. It, like I say, Alexander the Great was worshipped because it was his daemon that was the cause of his greatness. He would through the da- the daemon worked from God through the daemon into the man. So the daemon is kind of like an intermediary spirit uh, working through the deities. Now, obviously, some deities might not like you, so if they're in control of you, I, I don't. There's a lot of different ideas on how it works. It does change, but this was common practice throughout Europe for thousands of years before Christianity, and it's gone. And like I say, this is what always interests me when something disappears almost completely or is only ever spun in a negative. Well, you do um, you do have talk of the guardian <laughs> angels. Would that be something that you think relates to this? Yeah, I mean, that would be the Christian interpretation of it. Yeah, as mm-hmm. intermediate, but they're, they're not. Yeah, the guardian angels would probably be the same thing in a sense, although... The idea of it is is kind of different. This this was your spiritual, like you were saying. This this spoke through you almost. It was the reason, like a I think the Roman Emperor Augustus 
his daemon was celebrated, or the the Roman equivalent of a daemon. I forgot the name. Well, do you think that this could possibly be related to the Hamingya? Actually, I'm, I'm looking at um a Wikipedia here. I just wanted to do a quick refresher of Hamingya, and of course, they're not going to give you the full story, but um, I see uh, it say down here both Andy Orchard and Rudolf Simic. Note parallels mm-hmm. between the concept of the Hamingya and the Filka. And mm. uh, so that's interesting that luck mm. may be transferred to a descendant of the uh, yes. or of the owner or to a member of the tribe for a perilous journey. It accords wealth, success, and power and accrues over a lifetime. Sometimes Hamingya is used to denote honor. So this ties in to the belief that basically all the ancient Aryans had that we would be reincarnated. And mm-hmm. so it seems that perhaps this idea of a daemon that is tied to a person uh, could, in, could could be that it is the daemon is the thing that is, is not dying. And then that is mm-hmm. the, the, basically the reincarnation is that this daemon is then attached to a new person, perhaps from the same familial line. Yeah, I, in the north, it was definitely uh, familiar. It was definitely family orientated, uh, and it was associated with luck, yes, uh, and honor. Because if it's coming down the family line, you've, your family may have accumulated honor, right? Um, accumulated greatness, which then is present in you. It doesn't just leave you. It's probably where the idea of uh, hereditary um, rulership probably came from as well. Uh, be, but obviously it got slightly twisted there, but it's something I need to look into more, but especially because of some of the work I'm doing for my book, but it's a fascinating subject. And it's just amazing. Like when I was saying about, it, it's just disappearing. It's like the water worship. We just don't hear anything about that. The sort of things that they want rid of, they want gone. Well, what um, about, what about reincarnation? I don't know if I've really gotten too much of your thoughts hmm. on this. I know we've talked about death and, uh, how one lives on yeah. in immortality, but this is something that that is just like what we've been talking about with the daemon. Something that they've yeah. basically tried to erase entirely. Yeah, it makes its way into some of the the new age discussion. But as I was saying, this was pretty much all of the ancient Aryans. They all mm-hmm. thought that reincarnation. They were pretty damn sure of it that it was a reality that souls were reincarnated back. And this was across the board because they're all coming from the same root that had this as a really firm belief. And, you know, what do you think it it did to people when this whole YOLO, originally the the Christian version of YOLO, came into existence? How did this affect our people? I, I must imagine it wouldn't be good. Well, no, I mean, the, the obvious effect is you're not coming back, so who cares? That's the whole YOLO can take place, right? The Christian version is the world's going to burn in a hellfire at some point, so it doesn't really matter what you do, right? So it's, it destroys your faith in what's coming next. But and it well, this is not to dismiss it as just some, because you get a lot of this, like a dismissal of these ideas as just psychological dealing with death, right? But it comes from, like uh, when I do shows, it comes from physical physical uh observation but when you you see cycles and everything is circular so so surely like the the water in me will go back into the the rivers that's where i believe a lot of this water worship comes from and that's why i believe it's a boundary to the other world but 
because there are mentions of dried up. They always talk about dried up bodies as as death, drying up. The water leaves you. Now, so when we're talking about these things, as in like a reincarnation, if you if you if the, if the water in this aspect, if the water is like the pool of unconsciousness, right? It's trapped in there with water memory type stuff. Then the water reanimates another being. Um, therefore. It reanim- where, where your waters go, uh, you become reborn. But yeah, it would have had a devastating effect. I mean, it's hard to see how they they converted us. I mean, I think it was a very it wasn't. Although people seem to think it like happened at a certain time and just uh, we were like pagans and we were Christian. Um, I think it was a very very slow process. About fifteen hundred yeah. years from start to finish. Yeah. Right. But and it, very... even in Christian countries like England, like Cromwell was chopping down the oaks uh, in his time. This is, you know, this is a well over a thousand years. This is like, you know, well over a thousand years since we apparently converted. They, they chopped, <laughs> so we're still using them. They chopped off the heads of the, some of the finest of the Saxons, right? Charlemagne, the, this great national, white nationalist hero. Oh, yeah, people love Charlemagne. But uh, in a treacherous act, one with no honor whatsoever, as these men were unarmed. Oh, it shows a little bit of naivety or gullible, gullible, because they thought he was one of their own. Now, um, but you, you've also got them chopping down these trees. These, yeah. they're head choppers, and they, oh, man, it's the, the crimes, the crimes that they've committed against not only the people but the land and the trees. Oh, it's uh, it's just Charlemagne's chopping off of the heads. There shows just how the Christians did it. Just to go back to a point I made earlier, it's a very good example. They were doing a religious ceremony, probably probably related to Freya, or or the equivalent at that time, because. They had no weapons on them or tools. They wouldn't when they're celebrating the goddess. Um, th- we can trace this back to uh, near uh, Bronze Age times, at least probably Neolithic, where we can find sites where there's lit- no steel objects, nothing there, but masses of people that don't live there. They're, they're celebrating a goddess, chasing back to the worship of Freya in many books she's told to have gone around from town to town. Also, Nerthus goes around from town to town. No tool, no steel. Tacitus says no no iron is allowed. That's tools or so. so the Saxons were almost certainly venerating uh, uh, the goddess Freya or their equivalent at the time. And nobody would declare, nobody would attack somebody worship. This was sacrilegious. This was um, this would offend the goddess, and she'd send her boars down to sort you out. Right. So the the Christians went against the very principles that we'd lived upon for probably thousands of years, well, undoubtedly thousands of years going back into prehistory, going back into the Neolithic. Oh, yeah. um, this just shows you the type of tactics that were being used at that time. Well, it, it, it's kind of like uh, the, the sucker punch, right? And I'm, I'm thinking about the, is, yeah. the, the invasions of Ireland and when the Malaysians went in and took over from the Tuatha de Danan. They they originally landed and they were marching up through and you know uh, the the Tuatha who were essentially gods and it probably was an actual tribe of of men with you know great powers 
but they're, they they are seen as as gods pretty much, mm-hmm. and the Milesians, who are essentially Celts and perhaps who have a Greek origin as well, they they said, okay, okay, you know, to, you're right. It's it's not fair that we just kind of came in with this surprise attack here. So uh, yeah, we'll we'll come to terms and we'll go back out on our ships and a lot, you know, I forget how many hours it was, and then will attempt another landing when you are ready so that we can yeah. do battle. And, of course, they have their magic men, the druids on both sides, sending storms this way and that. And it's a, That's, you know, magical warfare at its finest there, the ancient Irish uh, and, uh, and generally uh, Celtic history. But it just goes to show how they, you know, viewed honorable war. And the same, yeah. actually could be seen by men who were likely mainly all Christians in not only World War One, but there was another instance in World War Two with the Christmas truce, where this is just kind of shining out through the European soul. Where yeah. what are we doing? We can't can we not have one day where we can kick you know kick the soccer ball back and forth and then we'll resume shooting at each other uh due to the orders that are coming from people who are completely sold out to Jews but you know it it just i think it's a powerful statement that that is made there with those and it does give a kind of glimmer of hope and of course this infuriated this this act infuri- infuriated the higher ups that these people yes. would have a christmas truce yeah, well, it's a venera- venerating a peaceful deity, a day of veneration of peaceful deity, you don't commit war. So like you say, they, the, the Saxons were sucker punched and they wouldn't have even lifted a sword to defend themselves because they would believe in doing so. They would dishonor uh, the goddess who would give them life, the mother. And in doing so, they would have had a fate worse than death anyway. So do, um, that that brings up the question of whether or not perhaps some of this religious or magical thinking can be a hindrance to us because we don't yes. want to offend the goddess, so we we end up losing our line, our lives, and may, maybe things will turn out the right way in the long run. So their action had you know these consequences that go down the line. You know, I don't, I t- I personally don't think so. I wish they had. <laughs> Uh, been able to slaughter Charlemagne and his uh, his his banker friends. It, when it comes, it brings forward actually to a problem that we face today. A lot of people say we've got to act like the Jews to be the Jews. We we have a sense of more to life than just living. We have a sense to, and this is how the Christians. This is what the Christians abuse with their universalism. We have a sense that life must be lived correctly. Life must be lived rightly, uh, for, or not be lived at all. And um, we, we won't disavow. So this is abused, but we can't. Now we know the Saxons of the Saxons of Verdun did not know that this tactic was going to be it. They didn't expect it. It was a sucker punch. We're aware of it. We know what they're going to do. Uh, the Jewish holidays are always their holidays are very close to ours in many instances. The pagan ones because it's when they slaughter us when they take us a week but we're aware of this now so we can we can we can not alter the ways i'm not trying to say we change the ways but we can we have to commune ourselves the goddesses and explain the situation um and maybe you could have a peaceful settlement with outside of a boundary you have armed men 
you get me? So mm-hmm. you, we can adapt to it. But the Saxons that were done had no chance to adapt. Yeah. Because it was the first time it was used upon them. They adapted later. The, the Viking raids were probably a response to this. They happened not long after, within living memory of the dawn. Um, you yeah. had Viking raids on Christian Christian buildings, monuments, Lindisfarne. And they were armed. They, it wasn't just yeah. peaceful monks trying to be close to Yahweh and his son Jesus. No. A lot, a lot of those monks themselves were retired soldiers. So it... a lot of the, because there's a lot of gold there, they, they they try to say that the Vikings were probably just stealing gold. In some cases, they weren't all good Vikings, by the way. They were they were negative. They were bad Vikings. Even talked about in Norse themselves, as these people are kind of some of them are bad and wrong. And kings and thralls would send out their own ships to defeat them. Um, but the the Lindisfarne one is particularly interesting because yeah, they can steal the gold whatever, there's a lot of gold in these churches. But they skinned the lie of the priests and pinned one of their skins to the door. This was a message. That you attack us in our holy land, in our holy grounds, we attack you in your holy ground. This was like, you you don't respect our, our sanctity, we won't respect yours. Um, so to me, it was a big, clear message. Because like I say, it was within, within living memory. Yeah. Uh, of the first Viking raid. Well, a resurgence is is afoot here. Not just of the mortal men, in my opinion, from what I've seen, from what I've felt, but of the gods and goddesses, of the natural spirits of the world. I, I, I sense, I can sense it. And I, I think this happens throughout time. Sometimes, let's say, uprisings are not successful. In fact, most of the time. Boudicca... We could look at uh, Versenig uh, Gentrix. You can, mm-hmm. well, you can look at some of the successful ones. You've got Arminius, although he was later killed by a kinsman who didn't want to be ruled by Arminius as a king or Herman. That's what the Romans tell us. Yeah, well, that yeah, so that's exactly, um, and they want us to think that it's just not possible that we're not able to take our destiny back into our hands. But I'm I'm here to say, oh yeah. Yeah, we can. They want us to think as uh, very defeatist, but we're still standing. I'm thinking about the standing stones. <laughs> I'm thinking about yeah. the the rune stones. I'm thinking about the megaliths. We're still standing. Yeah. The genetics that th- those people had then are still alive. They never died. That's the thing about the the DNA and the uh, and the reproductive process. All of them, maybe not all of them, but some of them is still alive, waiting in us, yeah. dormant a lot of it, for the right moment, for, for it to be activated. To mm-hmm. They could very well have the same filka attached to me or you that was attached to some of these great people. Yeah, that's very well a possibility, and that's the way a lot of the leaders in the Third Reich thought about things. Mm-hmm. They saw themselves as historical figures. And whether or not it was accurate, I don't think a lot of people would, would be able to argue against it giving them strength. No, that's a very important point. A lot of, to, to, to live in the YOLO world, what does anything matter? Without any spiritual... You can be accused of all sorts of things, but we've been spiritual for thousands of years. Why would I deny thousands of years of my ancestors' 
worshipping not only gods and goddesses, not only spirits and and minor deities like Tilke and things like that, but also their ancestors. I'm going to deny that because some some scientist somewhere, probably Jewish, told me that there's nothing more to this world. I'm going to deny that this this rich history that we have. I mean, white people have no culture, right? We have the most we have the richest, most most intellectual, actually the most the most deep historical culture culture going. It goes back way before Christianity. For all these people that oh, before Christianity, we were only a bunch of idiots. Way, way back to to to, to a time we cannot even understand now. How funny and is we're that? We're going to dismiss all that. Huge stones, huge stones. Stro- yeah. I mean, the, the most amazing uh, things you could possibly imagine. These megaliths that have been unearthed, and some of them destroyed. Oh, yeah. But absolutely incredible. And they tell us that before Christianity came along, you guys were just running around naked in the woods, hunting hunting boars. Yeah, it it, it comes from the Romans first. It, uh, Britain, some of the Britain. Uh... Elites, they, they were so focused on Rome that they, they for a long time, I mean, the hill forts, for example, the massive Iron Age shield forts, these are, these are huge constructions as big as like 50 football pitches with, with massive ramparts dug into them. They weren't forts just for defense. They were living on them. It was a sign. It was a, nobody really knows why they built these massive structures. But up until like the early, well, the late 1800s, early 1900s, nobody believed that these Celts could do because they believed the Romans that were a bunch of idiots. The Celtic talks that were found in, in, the, in the lands of the Iceni far surpass any, any jewellery made in Rome. The detail far surpasses it. But we were these barbarian idiots just because we didn't civilise ourselves the way the Romans saw civilization. I mean, that's the truth of it. Before then, we lived very differently. But we still had high technology. We still had great ability to make things. But it, like, like you say, the Romans, before the Romans, there was nothing. Before Christianity, there was nothing. It's always there's nothing before these 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 uh, slave makers turn up. Well, before the slave makers turned up, we were free. And that's the biggest difference. And we still made beautiful things. We still, like you say, these standing stones that you were talking about, these these were built in like the Neolithic Bronze Age, right? These were massive undertakings when we're supposed to be just scavenging for food and, well, just doing farming and eking out an existence in the cold north. But we're putting all these man hours, thousands and thousands of man hours of our time into building this monument that's last till to today. I can go visit them. I mean, this is this is not a barbaric, idiotic um, people. Yeah. These people. And not only that, they're aligned to, to constellations and they have all these alignments, both on the land and in the sky. You know, there's a really good short video that I had featured on the Tribune called Barbarian Gold. And mm-hmm. uh, I subtitled The Golden Age of the North. And it asks the question Was the era of Germanic barbarians in Northern Europe a dark age like we are taught, or actually a great golden age? And this is before the. Uh, before the Vikings, I think this was maybe yeah. around. I don't know. I don't really remember, unfortunately, because I couldn't I find the video Iron again. Age. I think it was Iron Age. Yeah, and uh, I think the, uh, quite a few finds were in in Britain of just these yeah. very intricate gold treasures that just they're amazing. 
It's incredible. Oh, How did age. they do that? Look at the Bronze Age finds in Ireland. They're, they're, they're exquisite. Uh, and I mean, we're, me- we're talking... Yeah, carry on. We're, we're meant to think that they were completely unadvanced then. It's just that, the, yeah. you know... <laughs> they didn't know what the hell they were doing. Go ahead. Look, these heathens, Anglo-Saxons turned up. Then they produced the stuff that's coming out of Sutton Who. These, I mean, I remember as a child, I said to her, it just enchanted me. I saw these things and I was like, these were made before. Like, who made this? This is this is the most, you couldn't do it today. With modern technology, they would struggle. These things would take thousands and thousands of man hours. And in some cases, these same things, just to point a point, these same things were through into the rivers. It would take, this would be the equivalent of, Throwing in your uh, a couple of houses into the river in value to the goddesses, to the spirits of the lands, the gods and the goddesses of the land. I mean, this was the, the, our ancestors had a belief in something, and we're testimony to that. People go, "Will you defeat?" We're not defeated, like you say. We're still here. Maybe there is something looking out for us, and maybe we've just got to engage with our filcar intermediary. Maybe we've got to try and commune. Maybe we've just been uh, not listening. Could be. Now, I wanted to point out how oftentimes when people look at, let's say, Celtic culture, they will see mm-hmm. figures that don't necessarily look like an accurate representation of a human and think that yeah. that just means that they weren't advanced. And oftentimes it's because they're looking at, let's say, the Gundestrup cauldron, where mm-hmm. you know it's, it's, a, it's an, an impressive piece of art. And it's interesting yeah. to wonder what this was actually used for in all the different magical cauldrons uh, over the years. But I, I think that this is an inaccurate way of looking at things, although I really do like representational art. And, you know, I, perhaps we could talk about the, uh, the fact that a lot of the classical world, instead of having barren white statues, they were all colored. I think it was a deliberate whitewashing where we we only recently, I guess, discovered that all of these ancient statues were originally painted different colors, and all these temples were, in fact, painted. And that just put, puts it all in a completely different perspective. <laughs> yeah. Completely different. But in any event, with the Gundestrup Cauldron, uh, if you're just focusing on things like that, you're missing, let's say, some of the Celtic brooches that yeah. have been found where they were designing these things, I, I guess not with a magnifying glass, but they'd use a droplet of water to be able to magnify, yep. uh, to be able to just create the most tiny little intricate designs. Wh- why in the world, if they were just these savages, would they care to have something so fine? I, I mean, I wonder this myself, you know, because the, the, some of the things that they were wearing are far more exquisite and yes, yeah, so oh, some of these yeah. people are higher class than than anything that people today, even the rich people today, wear. Yeah. No, no, yeah, I mean, what I think because we, we're a people of uh, that excel. We're a people that want to master things, um, so we master them. Um, and this would be true in all times. And we appreciate art. We appreciate the beauty of this mastery. Um, we, so we would have always appreciated it. And like I say, in a lot of cases, we give these to the deities. Some of them, the Iceni talks found in their lands, were buried as a, clearly as a votive offering. They were smashed. 
It was snapped, buried. Um, this was to give to a goddess of god or goddess of the land. Um, and compared so, to the greed, the materialism of today, yeah, well, why would you do that? That doesn't make any damn sense. You, you better take that and sell it. Why not just sell it? You get a good, good, good price for that. Yeah, I know yeah. a merchant down the way. Yeah, I mean, this is something that we really need to understand. I've often looked, just stand at a, a real bank, take a $100 note and throw it. Would you throw it in? You wouldn't throw that piece of paper in. These are throwing something that would, even by today's standards, would be so valuable in its intricacy of artwork that it, it, it would probably command millions. You know, uh, but yeah, I mean, the goal, it, we were not barbarians. We just did not live like slaves. And I think a big problem is that many people have basically taken the worst elements uh, and worst misinterpretations or uh, translations of Viking culture was a very late, it was basically the latest resurgence of any kind of European paganism that was opposing Christianity. But this is not Mm -hmm. representative of the earlier people. And you know, even what we see of the Vikings is uh, a lot of it is just complete BS because these people themselves were far more advanced than they're portraying in the Vikings TV show. They weren't they weren't oh, yeah. dirty and disgusting the way that they'd like you to think. And they had some. They didn't just steal the nice things that they had. No, no, not they were creating, creating better things. And like I say, the, the, uh, those the things that the talks they're better than anything that's coming out of Rome. Way better. Now, the reason you brought up that some of the things are kind of crude is because not everybody could afford that. These took thousands of man hours to make. Um, not everybody could afford that. So we're going to find more of what the lower people, people learning how to do it. Some of these were, these finds were probably carved by somebody who was a farmer and had a family to keep. And, you know, he did it just for, he did it as a devotion to the gods right. and goddesses. Good you know, so... Does that make it less valuable? No, because he put his he put love into it, but he wasn't as talented as say the guy that was making the talks. Yeah, he he hadn't put he he hadn't got that he hadn't been grown up to do that. Um, you know, and we can all appreciate this. I've got a picture that my daughter drew of me of Freya with her cats. Um, up there, that's and I, and that's how I venerate the goddess through that picture. It's 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 crude looking, but I know that what went into it. I, I just I love when our people are are at their best and they're creative. Some of the chainsaw art I see out there, it's just absolutely amazing. Yeah. Uh, there's a place by with all these cypress bears and all you know. It's just incredible. Yeah, they do it with ice and everything, but it, they do it in so many different ways. Just with the singing and with with uh, the dancing, you know, and all these other expressions. I, I saw the Highland Festival. Our people are still. Brilliant, brilliant people. I know cultural Marxism and all the other crap has gotten them down, but I still sh- see it shining through, and I see it shining brighter, actually, especially recently yes. through this darkness, and it's one of the things that gives me strength, and I think that's something we really need to have. Uh, the The idea in our heads that this is completely winnable, that this is what we're here to do and to not succumb to the magical thinking of our enemies. Well, I mean, you, I agree completely. And you imagine where, our, uh, you know, our ancestors had reason they created this beauty in what a 
appears to us as uncivilized or in a modern context is because they had the freedom to express themselves in the way they wanted to. They didn't worry about how much money they had to go and build these stones. They didn't worry about any of these things. They worried about their ability to do it. And if they could and they felt like it, they did it. And this is what we are trying to give to our children. This is what we want to give them if we win. And when we win, sorry. This is what we want. We don't we don't want them to be bound by things they doing things they hate forever without any ability to express themselves in the way they wish to. I mean, if you look at what National Socialism did with the Stadium of Light and all these things, they started to express themselves again and they started to create beauty. And that's what we and look at the world today. Everybody how do they express themselves? You know, a woman ago artwork is like shooting the uh, paint pink paint balls yeah. out your vagina you know what i mean it, that was the last expression is, of great art national yeah. socialism yeah and then jews took over and the buildings uh became disgusting grotesque uh and everything all, all the sculptures everything fell apart modern art and the, the jackson pollocks and all the crap and here we are today and we're going to see a rising of the Aryan sun we are seeing it and it's only going to get brighter I hope everyone out there listening is going to become a more active participant in that Heathen Vegan, thank you so much for joining me here I really appreciate it last minute you're welcome, I enjoyed the chat alright, well we'll be hearing from you tomorrow night I'm really looking forward to that thanks to all the listeners and to all the supporters stay tuned organized a letter signed by over 1,200 rabbis. Can you imagine getting 1,200 rabbis to agree on one thing? But agree they did, and what they agreed was to ask our elected officials not to halt or even to limit the United States Refugee Admissions Program. And it's not just Hyatt. Jewish organizations of all kinds across the spectrum of Judaism are issuing statements in support of refugees. These have included the Orthodox Union, the U.S. Holocaust Memorial Museum, and so many of the Jewish organizations that you've heard are co-sponsors of this event. Wangen frisch und rot, kühn hinein.